everybody, and welcome back to Sapphic Survival Guide, and we are happy to be queer to answer your questions. I'm Gina. I'm Sev. And I'm Cheyenne. Class is now in session, and today our topic is being a better ally, allyship, anybody who's going to be supporting the gays. Uh, allyship is super important because, I mean, to be fair, we wouldn't have any gay rights if it weren't for allies voting. So we're here really to just make sure that all of the allies listening know how they can best support. Yes, this is a good episode to send to your family, your friends. This is a good episode to share. We're hoping that we can uh, give you some good advice here. Yeah, I feel like a lot of times in a lot of the episodes we talk about, like we talk about allyship a little bit and we like bring it up in different things. But I'm excited to have a whole episode focusing on it because we're talking yeah, like two years. This one is specifically broken down for y'all. We're inclusive. Exactly. Don't ever say we're not. So Exactly. So. so one of the first questions actually, and we may have gotten to this in other episodes, but is there a quote unquote correct way to be an ally? I think the correct way is to amplify queer voices and to, mm-hmm. you know, step back and let queer people like be the voice and be the leader in especially like more marginalized, like disabled, black, brown, trans, fat people, like fat queer people, um, you know, just like let more marginalized identities kind of take the reins if that's what they want or able to, or are able to do. Um, I feel like that's like my main tip for being like the correct way to be an ally. Isn't that an expression? Like Like make a, make a seat at the table or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Space at the table. Get past the microphone. Isn't that something too? like pass the mic? Yeah. Yeah, I've heard like pass the mic. One of some of the advice I would give is an ally in like any capacity is once you know better, do better. Like it's okay that you didn't no, and so you maybe made mistakes that you know it doesn't it doesn't mean that you're like homophobic and racist because our society is built on these majorities but mm-hmm. once your eye gets open to like how a minority group is being affected you need to then change your behavior exactly. and stay consistent recognize your privilege like you can't just be complacent or else you're perpetuating the problem mm-hmm. so yes I yeah agree. constantly be willing to listen and learn too mm-hmm. I, think I agree that that's super important because it can help you be a way better ally yep I agree in person yeah um and person. another question we got is what common mistakes do allies make and what are some things allies do that they think are helpful but they're actually harmful Do either of you have any ideas for this one? I think that sometimes allies tend to overshare um, and not realize that that can be damaging. For example, sometimes people are like, I've heard people be like, oh yeah, I know that that person, they used to go by this name. And it's like, no, so that person probably doesn't want Mm -hmm. you to know uh, or me to know that that's what they used to go by or, you know, um, someone being like, oh, I think that they're gay, but they're not out. Okay. Well then that's not your, so, so so stop. Mm -hmm. So I think it's like, you can be, um, quieter. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Just shut the fuck up. (laughs) Just, I'm just kidding. Just so much more. so much kind of but <laughs> um yeah sometimes we get that you're trying to help but maybe just let us speak instead and yeah like another piece of advice I guess maybe then is don't 
assume anything because there aren't these boxes in like queer life. There's not one way to look at things. And just because you know one gay person or one like gender fluid person doesn't mean that then the next gender fluid person you meet is going to be exactly. So you can't like compare and just because you know one person's journey, you don't know everybody's. So you really stay open minded. Like a mistake is thinking that if you know one, you know us all, you know? Yeah. Um, So going off of that, we got another question, which is what are some responses to fight against homophobic comments from friends or family? Do either of you have any? uh... (laughs) I'm kind of an asshole. So... (laughs) I'm usually just like not nice about it. <laughs> uh, I don't know how to approach uh-huh. it nicely because I'm just like, don't say that. Like well, that's I just, fine. Yeah, I think it's okay to be direct. Like, I mean, if you're like going straight to like name calling or something, I don't think you're gonna like get a productive conversation out of it necessarily. Although I'm will. not saying I blame you. <laughs> I think that like. You have to just call things out, but stay calm, which is really hard, especially because I get really emotional really easily. So this is like advice I need to take as well. But if (laughs) you can like calmly call someone out and just say like, what do you mean by that? That sounds pretty harmful. Here's some reasons why, or here's some ways to phrase that differently. And you can stay calm. I think it, um, it stops people from having a reaction of you like coming at them because at the end of the day, you have to remember that like, Hopefully, if they really are your friends and family, your common goal is that you are care you care about each other. That's why you're in the same room. Mm-hmm. Um, you can remind them of that if they're doing something to hurt you. Like, hey, I'm saying this because we're family, mm-hmm. and I want you to understand me. And so, please yeah. listen to what I'm saying. To you. Yeah, mm-hmm. and sometimes, like, especially if it's friends or family, I understand how they react to that kind of confrontation and know how to address it too. Like. For me, I like I was joking about how my family just reacts to name calling, but it's kind of just like for me, if my brother or sister said, I mean, they don't really, but if they were to say something, I'd be like, don't be a dick. Stop it. Yeah. And they'd listen. But like for like an uncle that I have, <laughs> he would that go get, over real well. He would, yeah, he would be even more pissed if I like said it, especially in front of other people. So that's like a thing where I'm like, hey, by the way, like you catch him in the kitchen, like at Thanksgiving, catch him in the kitchen alone. Be like, we're both refilling our plates. By the way, that thing that you said, yeah, probably shouldn't say it. Yeah. This question reminds me of a TikTok that I saw recently, actually. And it was someone who they were some kind of like sociology, like master's student or like PhD student or something. And they were talking about how um you have to avoid certain like trigger words with people who have like these opposing viewpoints and their example was talking about like undocumented immigrants and they were like once you bring up the word illegal that conversation's done they already have these like preconceived notions in their head they're not going to listen to what you have to say but if you say like this person came from another country because you know there was a war and they're trying to like have a better life for themselves their family like you have to like try and avoid certain words certain phrases certain topics at least until you can like breach that part of it um and like help them see like the humanity of it and like there was something else it was like a podcast or something or a book I read recently and it was also talking about you know getting people to see your side by reacting with compassion and like showing them like it's hard to like see those people as human almost in those moments when they're just like being monsters and like about like with their opinions but like 
try and like get them to recognize that other people are just also people and they have more in common with them that they than they think and like by avoiding yeah. those yeah. trigger words it can help them to like do some thinking and like be like oh I fucked up like yeah I especially that. <laughs> yeah with like how media is today and stuff the way that they it's fascinating to me I so on side of those like on that kind of topic do you think somebody can say they're an ally but support and vote conservative no no absolutely not so I the, think it's very hypocritical I don't think you're actually an ally I think to the core of your you being, being you're not the ally that you say you are because and I say this to people all the time no matter what policies that you like better from them whether that's money or this or that or you hate the other person so much that you couldn't even think of voting for them mm-hmm. no matter what it is to the core of it you're actively supporting and giving your vote to someone who 99.99999 times would probably just rather see us like locked up than yep being right. who we want to be like yeah. and that's and the it, thing is like not as a gay person the message that i get exactly as you just said the message that i receive from people who say that they're an ally and they love me and they support me and they love that I'm happy and thriving, whatever, but they vote conservative. What you're actually saying is my money and taxes and these other things are more important to me than you are to me. Mm -hmm. As if queer people don't also pay taxes and undocumented people don't pay tax. Like all these people also pay taxes. Like we also deserve to like live in a Whatever society policies, that benefits us. Like your Republicans are putting in place that like you think are going to benefit you. I promise they're putting so many more in mm-hmm. place that are hurting so many more of us. Mm-hmm. And like, it's so nice that you can sit in your privilege and even vote that way in the first place. I'm yeah. sure it's lovely. Yes. Yeah, the whole fiscally conservative, socially liberal thing is just complete Doesn't. bullshit. That's a lie. Because it's you're just it's conservative because you can't be socially liberal if you have um, unless you're voting that are liberally. putting black brown people in jail, like all the like trying to take rights away from queer and trans people. Like that's that's yeah. fiscal and, this, the and number social one, conservative. Like oh. yeah, it's completely ignoring the way that it sets in place so many other harmful things, up to mm. the point where we have a Supreme Court justice who wrote in a paper that after looking at Roe versus Wade, they're going to look at, or he wants to look at gay marriage, interracial marriage. What? And that's not completely yeah, vote, and utterly insane those people to in those places indirectly or directly for all of yeah. the policies. And that that's the whole thing. Place, like people are like, well, that was place. the president because the president was voted for you, by these people president? and then supported by the Senate. And then like, it's all, it's all related i can't even think about it for too long it makes me so mad i know i was gonna say we're gonna have to switch topic before we all get really heated but it's just like like, as far as voting goes again like educate yourself on really like the the bad sides of where you're putting your vote and really think about is that worth it because like that hurts if it is yeah yeah i think another good one that kind of goes along with that and it kind of goes into what we were saying before which is as an ally how do you know when to step in especially if the underrepresented group is not present i was gonna Um, say i think that's a good one well cheyenne i think in the beginning um when we talked about how to be a correct ally you said like make sure that voices are heard and so Mm -hmm. if that underrepresented group isn't there you kind of are speaking on their behalf and i'm not saying you should like speak for somebody 
but sticking up for somebody is Mm -hmm. I think a good thing to do if they can't do that. And you don't Mm -hmm. have to like tell them, you know, every single reason, right. Why they're wrong. But I think even just simply saying, Hey, you really shouldn't say that can be really helpful in the long run to the people who aren't there to say that for themselves. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Like advocacy is the most important thing. If someone's not in the room, even if you're not like full, like well-versed in the topic, like just be like, Hey, that's not, Yeah, you know, or even if you're not well-versed, you know, what's right and wrong. So just like Mm -hmm. speak up on it. And then if that person has pushback and you like, still don't just be like, listen, all I know is that was not a good thing to say. Don't say it again. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Yep. Agreed. Or fuck around and find out. Um, similarly um do you think that you should correct your cis friends when they misgender your trans or non-binary friends this one says when you're all together so this isn't this isn't behind you know they're not there it's they're there they could stick up for themselves but do you think it's your job as a cis person to sometimes step in yeah I was thinking about this one because I feel like my first thought was like no that's their um like prerogative that's their experience to like stand up for themselves if they want to if they feel safe and comfortable to do that but then on the other hand I was like maybe they don't feel safe and comfortable and would love to have someone advocate for them in that moment and be like hey this is not the type of community we're having where we like just misgender people and don't give a fuck like just like casually like fix it and move on like it doesn't have to be like a huge deal but like yeah my first thought was like no let them handle it but my second was like you know, maybe you should advocate for them and stand up for them. And I think that just boils down to like, ask your friend. 100% situation. Yeah. Yeah. As a friend, like, no, maybe just, you know, going into social situations, just have that as a topic of conversation that comes up so that in when, and if that happens, you can be like, oh, you can yeah, react yeah, accordingly. If, so like, you can know ahead of time. The other thing I kind of thought of is maybe a good ways like lead by example so instead of like correcting someone like if they use the incorrect pronoun in the next sentence you could be like oh yeah they told me about that mm-hmm. oh yeah that's what they said and like yeah. maybe then that person will catch on without it and be being like oh so like spotlight on like you were wrong they'd be like oh they yeah yeah yeah, yeah. they they did they did you know like maybe then mm-hmm. it's like a little more subtle yeah. I think yeah. it's a good idea to like message the person or like even pull them aside after and just be like, Hey, like if that happens again, do you want me to say something or like, mm-hmm. you, or like even ahead of time, depending on like, if you know the person well, or like yeah. kind of know them going into a situation, like with new people, like, Hey, do you want me to say something? Do you want me to let you handle it? How do you want to approach the situation if it were to happen? Um, yeah. Cause I feel like it is pretty common. Cause another, another question we got was how do I ask slash clarify someone's pronouns casually if I don't know. And like Gina said, I think the best thing is to lead by example and introduce yourself, say your pronouns. Um, I feel like it's a really normal thing to ask somebody their pronouns, just like simply gently. Oh, Hey, by the way, what were your pronouns? I, I didn't know them before. It's, okay. Mm-hmm. Thanks. I love this whole move for everyone to be putting them on zoom and putting them here and there and everywhere because it just normalizes it so much and I think that it's super important as an ally to keep that in mind just like there are little things that you can do to make a bigger impact that you don't even realize like at work I put she her pronouns in my email signature I was one of the first people on my job that did it 
it just kind of opened the doors for everyone else at work to be like, oh, I'm going to do that too. Is there anything else either of you would suggest for um, making the workplace more inclusive to the LGBTQ uh, immunity, to the LGBTQ community? Because that was another question we got was how can I make the workplace more inclusive? And that's like a very good first step, but any, um, any other ideas either of you have? So I'm pretty lucky to work somewhere that has a space already for queer people because we have what we call um, like business resource groups. And I've called that I've heard them called different things in other companies. This is like all corporate world, but mm. they're basically like representative groups. So I run my my company's pride group. Um, I'm the president. And so I've kind of made sure that there is a space for queer voices and a presence and people know that there's this whole group of queer people and allies in the office. We have different events that go over really well. And there are events where it's like the whole office can join, but it's hosted by pride Mm -hmm. things like a tie dye event or like giveaways. Um, you know, it's super fun. And so like, I mean, it, depending on what your resources are at work, obviously not everybody can just like put on these events like I am, but We also, um, for coming out day, we did a whole thing where people who were out shared their stories, myself included. And there were people in the office that aren't out, but they got to read those stories and know that like when they want to be there's it's like safe place. So there's, I don't know. I think it is really dependent on what kind of workspace you're in and for what you can do, but even something as simple as what Sev said, putting your, you know, things in your display name, your email signature, and, um, just like making yourself as an ally, maybe known, um, my one friend works in healthcare. And so on their lanyards, everyone at work has either ally or like member or something, something like representative. And you know, if that's really important to, if you're working with kids, like if you're a teacher or working anywhere in a daycare, put ally with a rainbow somewhere, make a space just in whatever capacity you can. And it'll, it'll go far. I promise. Yeah. Another like kind of simple thing that I think could be very helpful is like being open about your identity. If you aren't an ally and you are a queer person, um, being open, if it's like a safe environment, obviously for you to do so, uh, that way, like, you know, people will, will be more comfortable being open with you. I know like when you start a new job and you're like, oh my God, like they don't know I'm gay. Like what, how, how am I going to tell them? Like, it's always like a thing in my head and maybe other people don't have this, but I'm just like, I don't want to deal with that. Like, I don't want to deal with this. Like, like, but like, I am very like proud of like my sexuality and everything, but like, and like my life, but I'm like, I don't want to have this conversation because you don't know how people are going to react. But if there's someone Mm -hmm. who is out and they're seeing that other people are interacting with them normally, or, you know, it's just like someone who you can kind of like gravitate towards because they're kind of in the same boat as you. Like, I feel like if you're able to be out and open at work, like, I think that is also a good step. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good spot to take a break. You guys want to take a little break? We'll be right back. Cool. Thanks. And we're back. The next question that we have is what draws the line between being an ally or supporter versus appropriating queer culture? I thought this was a really interesting question. I think this is a really good one because I know that like there are definitely people who will tell me about their experiences with allies that they're like yeah they were just a little much like I don't know I feel meaning like they're like slay queen that's literally what I was gonna say slay the boots house down yeah (laughs) and when I hear the like 
when I hear this question in my mind, I picture like a person going to pride dressed in all rainbow, like slay edge, slay edge. And then you're like, I picture oh. in June, that one girl that's like, hi, gay. And it's like all the marketing <laughs> things. Yeah. What's up yeah. bottoms? Right. I don't, I don't know if there's a way to say what draws that line because it, there's like so many like variables, so many different things. Like, I don't know what I would say, like, but I think there's kind of a line too between what gay men think is queer culture and what's yes. like yes. stealing from like AA, what is it? AAVE or yeah. whatever. Stealing I can't I don't remember what that is. Stealing from the black community and black queer that's people. Just, basically. Yeah, exactly yeah. that. Yeah. Exactly that. Yeah. Yeah. So much of because you're gay, but it's like, no, that's like something that really black women say and you're taking it from them. A lot of like the TikTok trends, they're created by black people. They're created by queer people, queer black people. And so then it like becomes mm-hmm. mainstream and someone else gets credit for it. But like people like look to them to see like what's cool, what's mm-hmm. what's good. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. This next question is kissing my queer friends wrong. I am not gay, but every now and then we kiss at bars for fun. Baby, I think kissing your friends in any capacity is fine. I, say, I, like, I, have I know you do. All my I friends of any genders. Same, like whatever. As long as it's mutually consensual and everybody's yeah. having fun and no one's leading anybody on, whatever. Mm-hmm. Kiss your friends. And also fun. as long as you're not doing it for like the male attention, like yeah. look at right. us over here. Like that's when it becomes problematic. But like yeah. you just like enjoy kissing your friends. It's fine. Well, yeah, like I'm constantly so. kissing all my friends, but that's like male female. No, not by any, any, anyone yeah. who's standing next to me and I feel like having her tongue's like, in your throat kissed. no it is not <laughs> I'm just kidding only sometimes um no but yeah I was gonna say that sounds bad um, <laughs> no, I will but- say just like if you're one of those girls who's like I'm not gay but I make out with girls when I'm drunk I'm not telling you anything but I am telling you that pretty much all of us have said that at one point or another. Mm. So you might be gay. And also like, why are you so yeah. drawn to kissing women when your prefrontal cortex is like shut down? Like mm. you're, that's like mm. your primal part of your brain. is like, I need to kiss that girl. Like you're gay. Science, yeah. baby. But- <laughs> okay. Anyway. Yeah. This next one is like hard. My 10 year old brother came out to me recently, but doesn't want to tell our conservative parents. What can I do to help him? I think that this is kind of a situation where uh, while we always encourage people to come out, sometimes it really isn't always safe. Um, Being that young, it it might not like that's a long time to have to still live there. And while I think it's, first of all, wonderful that he feels like he can come out to you, I think you need to harvest that safe space and just like remind him that he can always have you being that young, like you're going to want to protect him, obviously. And so while the situation is going to be really nuanced because I don't know this person's family, obviously, I just think that like the best thing you can do, you're already doing by being somebody he can come out to understanding the situation and the gravity of it and doing what you can do to protect him and creating that space. And so just like continue to foster that and help him by just being there and validating him in every step of his like journey. Yeah. Yeah. Like I love being able to be that person for people because it is like it's hard for them and it's good to be that point of contact just be there and listen and talk to them about stuff 
Yeah. I know someone who they actually came out to their younger sibling before they came out to like their parents. And then when it was time to come out to their parents, their sibling was like with them through that experience, which is nice. Um, and yeah, I think like, yeah, like being that safe space, being someone that they can turn to talk to, they could kind of like escape to if necessary, if you are able, like, if you have the means, if you can do that, Um, or to like help them figure out where to go if it yeah, goes, turns mm-hmm, to that. Exactly. Yeah. And then I think also like talking to mm-hmm. the conservative parents, like what we said earlier, talking about things without saying those like trigger point words and kind of helping mm-hmm. them change their like thought process before the sibling and bring it up. Out. Yeah. Bring yeah. it up in a way that obviously you're not even outing close them. to the subject of out again, yeah. but yeah. bringing up just like, especially if the, it's your parents too, mm-hmm. that I don't know. Yeah. All right. So the last question that we have, how do I learn new tricks if I'm an old dog who doesn't relate to the younger gays anymore? So my, I actually have a question about this question. I'm Mm -hmm. really curious. I wish we got a little bit more detail from this person because in what ways do they not relate? Like what are, I was thinking maybe there's like new terms they didn't use when they were growing up or Mm -hmm. experience like, you know, the fact that even younger people have it easier in some ways just because Mm -hmm. there's more representation, more rights. Mm -hmm. Um, So maybe they just are, stuck in the things that they know and they mm-hmm. don't want to be perhaps. yeah I feel like in mm-hmm. that scenario though like they benefit from the laws and stuff as well like obviously not mm-hmm. in the past but like currently and then like yeah like new slang like they can also go out of their way to learn the new slang like I feel like there are like other older queer uh, other people aging into that old old queer um role and then also people like accepting that side of themselves and so there are other people you can connect with, but also like, I don't think just because like people are younger than you doesn't mean you can't relate. Like I also had to go on urban dictionary and look up this term or like, I yeah. am watching a show about like queer high schoolers. Like I'm not a high, I'm 20, I'm 27, but like, yeah. it's like, it's not for me, but it's so it's like healing your inner child almost like going back and being like, sure. wow, this is what the content I deserve to see in my youth. And it's like, yeah, you're not going to relate on every Le- like level you have a 401k oh, yeah. I have nothing like, <laughs> but like <laughs> you know there are like some things you can still relate to and like mm-hmm. I think the learning new tricks it's like you never stop learning your whole life so why yeah. why stop in your queer journey or queer development just because you're older than yeah queer pe- other queer people I don't I know definitely agree with that, <laughs> I get that. Yeah. no yeah you yeah. never stop learning yeah yeah do you guys want to add anything <laughs> Um, no, I think honest. that I think that pretty <laughs> no. much covers it. I think this okay. again is a good one overall to to share to to people, to your allies. So no, yeah, mm-hmm. I think we're good. I think so too. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, follow <laughs> us, do all the things, leave us a review, rate us, mm-hmm. let us know how you're feeling, let us know what you're thinking. We always want to hear from you. Um, you can do that by following us on social media and interacting with us, sending us DMs, sending us questions, themes, all that kind of stuff. Uh, we are Sapphic Survival Guide everywhere except for Twitter, where we are at Sapphic Survival. Uh, we also have a Patreon where you can go on and you can get some bonus content and get to see our pretty little faces in uh, the weekly episodes. You can also join our exclusive Discord on there where we have about like 
God, how many members do we have now? I don't even know. We have just a little group of fun, queer people that are talking and hanging out and chatting and meeting each other and making connections. It's super fun. Um, Like I said, you get that when you join our Patreon. And you can follow me, Sev, at Lucky Sev with two Ys. Pretty much anywhere. Um, I'm chronically online, so I'm everywhere. You can find me anywhere on social media at the Libra including my website, thelibragina.com. And you can still listen to Um Hello, wherever you listen to podcasts for Jersey Shore recaps. And you can find me, Cheyenne, at Hot Mespian on pretty much any social media platform. Class is now dismissed. Bye. 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 Bye.